Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Monday, February the 26th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football, and on today's show, we got a real quick one for you guys. We are talking about wide receivers not named Jarvis Landry on the Miami Dolphins. What does the future of the position look like if Juice does, in fact, leave? Also, the scouting combine starts tomorrow. We'll do a brief primer on the quarterback position, including a rumor from a well-known Twitter account linking the Dolphins to a first-round quarterback prospect. And lastly, Dolphins also need a tight end. We will explore the free agent and draft options there. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Give us a rating and review. You guys know how much that means to the podcast when you go on to Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating, leave us a nice little review, and subscribe to the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Link. NFL, follow the show at LockedOnFins, and LockedOnDolphins.com is currently murdering it right now as far as content and popularity in terms of the podcast network. LockedOnDolphins.com is one of the top five in the entire network, so we really appreciate you guys going there and checking that stuff out, and we have tons of good stuff up right now. My wide receiver charts are getting a lot of good publicity back in terms of what people want to read and see with the Miami Dolphins. So check that out, LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's go ahead and kick this thing off here on That's first down. And it is first down here in the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and the main thing I'm talking about today are the wide receivers. I am doing a in-depth charting project right now. It's up on LockedOnDolphins.com as far as Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant, and Leontay Carew are all concerned. I have started Devontae Parker's and Jarvis Landry's comes later in the week, and I wanted to get to work on the first four guys because I want to see what the Dolphins have in the event that Jarvis Landry leaves. And the more we dig into it, the more that seems likely, whether it's a trade or rescinding of the franchise tag. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Dolphins to pay that $16 million this year and really put them up against the cap in terms of acquiring anybody else in free agency. We know the Dolphins have plenty of holes they have to go ahead and fill. Interior offensive line, tight end, possibly linebacker, maybe even a defensive back, defensive end. There are just spots the Dolphins could go ahead and attempt to upgrade certain positions and if if they have Jarvis Landry on the roster I just don't see how they do that so I wanted to go ahead and look at some things and we've I've heard from PFF profootballfocus.com one of our sponsors here on the show and some other guys that Kenny Stills actually was a bit of a dynamo in the slot last year as far as efficiency goes and pulling up his chart that's exactly what he was he all six of his touchdown catches came from the slot position you can see that on the piece in the piece I also talk about where they line up pre-snap you know, their bunch stack, their grouping formations, the routes they ran to catch the football, how far the ball traveled in the air, how many yards after the catch they had, how many tackles they broke, just kind of linking together all the information for every route that he caught a pass on. And it's really cool to see. And it really gave me a lot of insight in terms of what the Dolphins do with their receivers and kind of their alignments pre-snap as well as the routes they have these guys run post-snap. And Kenny Stills runs a lot of those crossing routes, a lot of those intermediate to shallow crossing routes where you can kind of measure up the defensive back and cross his face and use speed once he makes that turn or that that in cut and just kind of create separation with his foot speed and he's good at that because he the way he can kind of press a defensive back in terms of going vertical and downfield what I mean by press when you 
when the receiver runs directly towards the defensive back, it puts them on their heels and makes them have to respect the fact that he could run a go route and beat him for a touchdown in any given play. So Kenny Stills really takes advantage of that. He breaks his routes off really nicely at the top of the stem. He gets in and out of his cuts very nicely. He's very patient as a route runner, and he's really actually pretty good against zone coverage, which is something you wouldn't expect. you think that a speed guy that doesn't really have the physicality wouldn't be much of a zone guy that has to kind of find holes and make catches in tough spots, but he's just really kind of naturally aware of the holes in the defense and where he has to find there. So he made a few catches on what I call search routes, looking for holes in the zones, made a lot of catches on crossing routes and intermediate crossing routes as well. And then also the posts and deep posts and the corners. That, that's where he got his touchdown passes was the big corner routes, or the big post routes. Had, had, I believe, three of those on corners and post routes. So a very nice year for Kenny Stills in terms of efficiency. And that's just what he is. He's an efficient player, a guy that's not going to get a whole lot of targets, had 105 targets and 847 yards, which is right around a little over eight yards per target, which is better than quite a few stars in the league like A.J. Green, DeAndre Hopkins last year, as well as Mike Evans, and way better than Jarvis Landry's uh, six yards per target average. So Kenny Stills is a very viable replacement in the slot. I don't think you have to go out and find somebody new. That's where Kenny Stills can kind of work from. You might have to find someone to make the formations work, and that could be Jakeem Grant, who we're going to talk about next here. Jakeem Grant, Leonte Carew both had another a second season where they just didn't see the field very much. And that's kind of what it is. And you look at, you know, the fact that the Dolphins drafted Jakeem Grant in the sixth round. He has not been a bust, quote unquote, to go ahead and quote to say that. I mean, he's he's produced about as much as you can expect a sixth round pick to do. Most of those guys don't even see the field most of the time in their careers, let alone the first two years of their careers. So he's been just fine. He's been kind of locked up in the garage, as I like to call him, because he is kind of a bit of a Lamborghini. I mean, the, the stuff he can do with the football in his hands as far as explosive plays, the two touchdowns that he had were just really tremendous plays. The screen pass where he had 65 yards after the catch and three broken tackles is really peak Jakeem Grant and what you want to get from him. His ability to kind of stretch defense both vertically and horizontally on some of those jet sweep actions, misdirection stuff. We've talked about Ryan Tannehill being one of the best play action quarterbacks, one of the best misdirection quarterbacks, naked boot quarterbacks in the NFL, and the stats back that up. If you guys don't believe me, check out LockdownDolphins.com, the Ryan Tannehill Chronicles. But Jakeem Grant can really pair with Ryan Tannehill in the Dolphins' offense in that way because of the way he can stretch defenses both directions, vertically and horizontally. So I think the Dolphins would be wise to get Jakeem Grant a lot more reps next year. He certainly saw an increase the last four games. His targets went way up. He had more targets in the last four games than he did to the first 28 games of his career. Even though it was only 16 targets, the Dolphins started to find ways to kind of get him incorporated in the offense, whether it was running routes from the backfield, running routes from the perimeter, which he seems a little bit more comfortable running routes from plus splits. A plus split is when you line up outside the numbers, and you guys will read that in the article. Plus split is right outside the numbers. A plus plus split is where you're closer to the outside hash mark than you are the numbers. So those, those wide splits, the Dolphins don't really run a whole lot of those, but Jakeem Grant was one of the guys that did when they called for those. So I think 2018 is a great opportunity to make Jakeem Grant much more than a punt returner and make him an actual wide receiver that gets decent reps. And speaking of other receivers that could use more reps, Leontay Carew, you know, the Dolphins gave up a lot to get a, to get him in that 2016 draft. That's why I think a lot of people are sour about Leontay Carew. And, you know, he just didn't really, he hasn't really had much of an opportunity to get on the field because the Dolphins are so, they don't substitute as much as most teams do in terms of offense. Receivers and running backs stay in the game a lot. We saw it with Jay Ajayi. We saw it with Kenyon Drake late in the year. And then Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills both play over 90% of the team snaps. And the only reason they really come off the field is in lieu of tight ends that come into the game for 12 personnel where there's only one receiver on the field to begin with. So if you 
run the ball down on the goal line, you're going to take receivers off the field. So you're not going to get Lante Crew in the game that way. So how is he going to get on the field when the Dolphins run Landry, Stills, and Parker? Just about every single play that they have three receivers out there. And Leonte Crew had his opportunities because of Demonte Parker injuries was basically it. Parker was injured in the opener for Seattle, or didn't, was injured for the opener in Seattle last year in 2016. Crew didn't really get a whole lot of looks there. That's a tough place to play. It's, it's CenturyLink Field in Seattle against the Legion of Boom. Not going to get a lot of separation against those guys. And then last year, the one game where we actually had some catches, six of the seven catches came in one game in garbage time at Baltimore in that Thursday night blowout game where Devontae Parker was absent again. And Leonte Carew shows you in that Baltimore game as well as the one catch he had against the Jets the game previous when Devontae Parker was also out kind of what he can do in terms of being a physical possession type of receiver. He A couple of his catches he made were on little quick, quick slant routes where he had to win with an outside release and then cut across the, back the, across the cornerback's face. So he is physical in terms of being able to do that and catch the football in traffic. He can also run from the slot. He's a pretty quick-footed receiver. He gets in and out of breaks pretty well. And that's kind of what the Dolphins saw with him at Rutgers as he was the entire offense and a big touchdown maker at Rutgers in 2015, but he just has not translated well to the NFL yet. You know, he got deactivated at the end of 2016 for Rashawn Scott, a practice squad player, an undrafted player, which people took a lot of or put a lot of stock into that. And it's valid to a certain point, but I just think that he needs more of an opportunity. And I think 2018, if the Dolphins do move on from Jarvis Landry, he might actually get that opportunity because I just think there are other holes that can Dolphins can focus on. You don't have to put more resources into the wide receiver room. I think Kenny Stills is just fine. You're going to have to find out what you have with Devontae Parker this last season here. And if he can't stay healthy, then you can just go ahead and say, all right, well, you know, we can chip him off and not be any worse for it. But Leontay Carew and Jakeem Grant, you've, you've put draft picks into these guys, especially Carew. It's time to find out what they are. And if they're nothing special, then let's go get some tight ends and make the offense more built around what Ryan Tannehill can do in terms of throwing the ball up the seam and off the play-action game. We're going to talk about Devontae Parker, some quarterbacks at the Combine, as well as some more tight ends here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Lockdown Fins. Finishing up talking about the wide receivers for the Miami Dolphins in their 2017 production as well as their entire charts and graphs. Check out LockedOnDolphins.com for all of that. Tons of good content for you guys up there. I have gotten through three Devontae Parker games, and that's why the podcast is a little bit late today. I had to record this early Monday morning and get it posted up for you guys while I was at work. It just wasn't able to happen last night. I got very deep into that receiver project, and I was up pretty late doing that, charting Devontae Parker's first three games. And man, he was a beast throughout the course of those first three games. And credit it to garbage time if you need to. But, I mean, just watch the way he caught the football on those catches. There was 18 catches in the first three games. Nine of them were contested where you had to take it away from a guy or catch it in traffic and, and hang on to the football. And it was just really impressive to watch the way he attacked the ball at the top of the route at the catch point and the way he snatched the ball away from his body because Jay Cutler is so inaccurate that Devontae Parker was constantly catching the ball away from his body in awkward situations. And he just played with a real will and desire and a guy that really wanted to be out there. He was, like I mentioned with the yards per catch on Twitter, he was catching the ball and he was holding up piles. And he was breaking tackles. I mean, the guy broke four tackles on 18 catches. I would be surprised if I find four more broken tackles the rest of the way in this project. Just the way he was playing, they talked about it in training camp and in preseason, how he was a new guy, he was ready to work, he's ready to be professional, and then he got injured and comes back and I'll never forget Clyde Christensen's comment saying that Devontae Parker lost that juice and that motivation that he had early in the year, like he arrived or something. And I can't, I just can't fathom that because what did, what did you prove? The guy caught one touchdown pass. He had like 560 yards in the year. His yards per target was, you know, between Landry and Stills around seven or so. But 
it just he hasn't proven anything and he has this attitude about him and this lack of you know professionalism that really rubs me the wrong way a lot of the time so Devonte parker's project will be done by the end of the day today i believe maybe if, if not today definitely by tuesday so we'll have that information for you guys on a future podcast in the week and speaking of future podcasts in the week we're going to talk a little about the scouting combine and something that the dolphins have been linked to early going in the early going of this process and it's a guy that tweets a lot of stuff about the dolphins and he has a you know, a shaky track record in terms of his predictions. It's Chad Forbes at NFL Draft Bites. He has been adamant that the Dolphins are going to trade up and select Josh Rosen, the UCLA quarterback, with their first round pick. And I just can't see that. I, I can't see the Dolphins, one, going so harshly in the opposite direction of Ryan Tannehill that they would trade up for a quarterback, which means you're going to have to start him because you don't give up that kind of capital and put a guy on the bench for a team like Miami that's not really one of the competing competing types of teams like the Kansas City Chiefs were last year with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. But if they do that, you're giving up tons of draft capital, which has been the only Dolph- the only really source of player acquisition for the Dolphins in terms of getting good players. Free agency has been a complete wash for the Dolphins. They haven't done much in that in a few years since Ndamukong Sue, basically. So if you're going to give away all your draft capital, you're going to rely on the players you have right now elevating their game and becoming players that you know give you more production. And I think that's a good... That's a good approach, but I want to do that approach with using all of my draft picks and acquiring good players outside of the quarterback position because you guys all know I believe Ryan Tannehill is more than good enough. But talking about the quarterbacks that could be good fits, I'm just going to go right off the jump and say I don't want any part of Josh Rosen. I don't want any part of Sam Darnold. If the Dolphins do get a quarterback, I love Baker Mayfield. I love Josh Allen, and I love Lamar Jackson. I think that the latter two could be very good developmental guys, guys that you could you know draft behind Ryan Tannehill, sit them down for a year or two, build their their capital and kind of build their value in terms of NFL quality starters and then have Ryan Tannehill play out the string and see what you have with him. If the knee's not healthy, fine. Go to the one of the backup guys, the rookie. If it is fine, great. We can trade the rookie in a couple of years, kind of like the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, or Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, one of those types of situations, and just find out which one is you're going to be your quarterback going forward and get your draft capital back. So if you want to do that, I'm all for it, but I just don't see Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen developing the same way I see the other three guys with the higher upside. So those are the guys that I would focus on. It'll be a good week to watch them in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. We're going to have some more scouting stuff, some more draft stuff for you guys later in the week. I have a huge guest joining the show. It'll be a two-parter on Thursday and Friday. We're going to record it Wednesday night. It's Simon Clancy at Cy Clancy on Twitter. has about 25,000 Twitter followers. He works with the BBC uh, over there in England. He works for Gridiron Magazine, does tons of football stuff, football writing, does lots of interviews. He's a really, really smart guy, really, really savvy in terms of the draft. We're going to talk combine, draft, free agency, everything Miami Dolphins with him on the show on Thursday and Friday. We're going to have a full week week this week with five shows for you guys. And let's go ahead and break this show down here with one last segment from the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Winkfield NFL at Locked On Fins. One of the positions I'm most intrigued about by this offseason for the Dolphins is definitely the tight end position because they just really don't have the roster to hold up for an entire season right now with three tight ends. And you can make an argument for Marquise Gray as well as A.J. Derby, but those are your top two guys right now with Julius Thomas likely to be cut here in the next coming week or so. The Dolphins are going to have to go ahead and assign someone and or draft somebody to fill that role out. And there's tons of good options. Now, 
Luke Wilson from the Seattle Seahawks is a guy they're probably not going to let get away because Jimmy Graham will likely be cut. So if one of those two guys shakes away, those are both great options in completely different aspects in terms of what they can be as run blockers as well as detached pass catchers. You have Virgil Green from Denver Broncos, his time there where his connection with Adam Gaze goes back a couple of years. So that's a possibility. I mentioned Jimmy Graham. You have someone like Trey Burton from the Philadelphia Eagles. They said he is not going to be back next year. He can do a little bit of both those things. He's a 26-year-old tight end, could be a very nice piece and a starting tight end for you in 2018 as well as moving forward. And then they cleared a guy named Tyler Eifert today from being able to do physical activity and get his back back in shape. He is a guy that was a phenomenal player in 2015, a Pro Bowl player, a touchdown leader in terms of tight ends in the NFL. Just a fantastic pass-catching threat there for the Cincinnati Bengals in their awesome 2015 regular season that they had. But he has had really bad back injuries ever since then. Hasn't been the same. Hasn't gotten on the field very much. When he has gotten on the field, hasn't been as productive. But he's a guy you could look at if you want to have a little bit of a you know, resurrection type of player like a Brent Grimes from the Atlanta Falcons a few years ago when Dolphins signed him off of the Achilles injury. So he's someone to look at. Ed Dixon from Carolina could be one of those inline blockers as well as Darren Fells, another guy the Dolphins could go ahead and target. And I think that there's going to be the Dolphins are going to find one tight end, whether it's the draft or whether it is free agency. And speaking of the draft, you have tons of good guys there as well. Mark Andrews is a guy that could do a little bit of both things for you. Kind of reminds me of Jason Witten and the way he moves and the way he creates leverage and gets separation to catch the football. And then you have guys like Mike Gusecki and Dallas Godert, guys that can be phenoms in terms of athleticism and go up and rebound the basketball slash football, catch the ball in the end zone. Then you have some of the bigger body guys like Ian Thomas out of Indiana, really thickly built, doesn't have much of a arsenal in terms of his route tree. And then a guy, that Atkins guy from the Central University of Central Florida who we saw at the Senior Bowl playing very well there. So there are tons of options for the Dolphins to go ahead and explore. I, I have been very adamant about drafting one in that second to third round range. I think that's a good spot to go ahead and get a starting quality tight end and then also sign one too. I think the Dolphins should bring in a couple of new tight ends, have to compete with Marquise Gray and A.J. Derby and fill out your position there with those four guys and find out what you have and get that position much better because the Dolphins have had a really hell of a time replacing Charles Clay and and this is a great year to go ahead and do that. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. And check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have the Locked On Draft podcast, Locked On NFL podcast, Locked On Heat and Marlins podcast for you local South Floridians. Follow me on Twitter at Winkville NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. And of course, at Locked On NFL on Twitter, as well as their Facebook page. And guys, please check out LockedOnDolphins.com for Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant, Leontay Carew. All of their in-depth wide receiver charts are going to be up this week. Be back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.